You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. Now, we've all uh, heard the phrase, grow where you're planted. It means uh, making the best of your circumstances, making lemonade out of lemons, or just finding a way to be your best under less than ideal conditions. And for athletic coaches or leadership consultants, it means seeing athletes or employees' strengths and weaknesses and working with them instead of making everyone follow a one-size-fits-all plan. Well, we've always understood that with athletes, you don't focus on a, on a linebacker's throwing arm, right? So why do employees do that as well? Like that's where our next guest on the Brown Butters podcast comes in. Ben Wilhelm is a managing partner of Unscripted Outcomes, which is a leadership consulting group that assumes you know your strengths and you just need the guidance to find those results and find the results that you're capable of to learn to grow where you're planted. So we're so excited to learn uh, from this and welcome Ben to the Brown Butters podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to uh, our time together. Absolutely. Brian, another great introduction. I tried. Yeah, so kind of like our Brand Builders podcast, which is unscripted, um, I'm very curious. If you could, just please explain the name, Unscripted Outcomes, and how did you decide on this name, and, and cool. how does it work for you? Yeah, so uh, so it's really unscripted. The uh, website is Unscripted Outcomes, and uh, really went with the idea that a leader's potential is unscripted, meaning that they uh, a lot of people do bring preconceived notions to their engagement in the consulting space. And so I really wanted to focus on the idea that, um, you know, it's a it's an open canvas, it's a clean canvas, and you really start off with getting to know the person, meet them where they are, and then help to uh, understand and uncover what's, you know, the underlying tensions, what's their strengths, what are the, their opportunities for continuing to evolve. And that happens whether it's an individual or a group of people or an enterprise. And uh, a lot of it was inspired by me hiking the Appalachian Trail. So I was, uh, I was really compelled to, a few years ago, learn how people learn and trust on the Appalachian Trail. And so I did a, a study of just kind of uh, a grounded study of just walking the trail and talking to people along the way to see how um, they learned and how they trusted one another. And I was exploring my own relationship with trust. And the cool thing was is uh, on the Appalachian Trail, you're you're really in this unscripted environment, so anything can happen. I had no idea you did. You do the whole trail? No, I just did a I did a section hike for a week, uh, about seventy five miles uh, over in the Roan Mountain region, and it really inspired a lot of uh, you know this evolution of how I came to to doing consulting. So before we even get jumping into this, this is fascinating. So I'm an Eagle Scout. I, I grew up hiking the AT. I've actually hiked the very beginning and I've hiked the wow. very end with Mount Katahdin. There's a whole lot in the middle that I still got to figure out how I'm going to do. Um, but that's really interesting. And I kind of want to dig into not necessarily just what you experienced on the Appalachian Trail, but how did your kind of brand personally get you to this point where you said, you know what, this is a need. We really need to be able to create this. Um, and tell me some of the fascinating stories that maybe you did here on the trail, which you said, wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. So, um, uh, you know, I think for me, I have a, a lot of experience. I have 25 years of experience in commercial construction. And a lot of that was in the executive ranks. And I learned that one of the things that's really typical in construction is that it's not a perfect world. There's a a lot of adversity, there's a lot of surprises and nothing is going, it's not a question of if something's going to uh, derail you, it's when it derails you, how do you uh, operate? And so that really kind of informed a lot of my experiences personally. And then I continued to just work on my academic background, which had a lot to do with organization development, 
so I have a master's in OD uh, from Queens University here in Charlotte uh, and an MBA as well. And so those um, academic background coupled with my personal experience really uh, helped me kind of figure out what kind of uh, consultant I wanted to be and how I wanted to engage people and help them. And so I take a real positive approach. And, and I think Unscripted is a little quirky. Um, my logo certainly says that. And it's, uh, it's really kind of helped me. Uh, it embodies a little bit of my, my personality and how I like to operate. And so the Appalachian Trail plays right into that. So you asked me a story, story Brian, about how I engaged on the trail. And the, the most compelling story that I tell a lot of people, and I start a lot of my experiences with this, is I was uh, started over near Irwin, Tennessee, and I was hiking. And when I started out, I knew that I was on this journey for a long time, and I picked uh, intentionally picked one of the harder uh, sections of the trail. Certainly not as hard as Katahdin, but it was it was definitely challenging. And the first day that I was out there walking and hiking along, I was this beautiful uh, day in the middle of September, and the sun was shining, and I was really pretty happy, and it just kind of my thoughts wandered everywhere, and so. As the day went on, it started to pour down rain, and I was hiking at night, and I was looking for water and looking for a shelter uh, that was supposed to be on my map that I was that continued to hunt for, and, and by then it was pretty dark. I came upon the shelter and was hoping, like most places on uh, within the backcountry, there would be people just to kind of hang out with. Well, I got there, and it was vacant, and I thought, oh, my goodness, so... All of a sudden, I had this uh, sense of loneliness that really kind of struck me. And so I kind of worked through the night. I pitched my tent. I didn't even sleep in it. I just jumped right back into the shelter and went to sleep and woke up the next day and started hiking again. And as I hiked into Irwin, Tennessee, I came upon this place called Johnny's Uncle Johnny's uh, Hostel, which is really popular on the trail. You've maybe heard of it. And so uh, I went in and I saw this gentleman who was a little bit shorter than me. He uh, maybe didn't have the same, uh, he, he looked a little bit like Santa Claus and he was really <laughs> jovial and he asked me my, my trail name and he asked me how I was doing and really just kind of welcomed me with open arms. And I was really curious about this whole idea of trust. And so I kind of leaned into it a little bit, shared with him, Hey, I'm out here for a few days. It'd be great to have some help and figure it out, uh, where I'm going to take out on the trail five days from now. And in the meantime, he said, well, what do you need? He goes, you want a beer? Do you want to hang out here with us for a little while? If you want, there's, you know, uh, you can go back here into the hammock camp. If you want, you can hang out and uh, get some stuff there in the gift shop. But whatever you do, I want you to go into town and go to Mega Pizza. It's $5.99, all you can eat in pizza in Irwin. It's the best pizza we have in town, which probably was a little bit marginal uh, based on our standards, but it was great for there. And uh, I said, you know, I'm, I'm really not sure yet, but... Why don't we keep talking? And then he, he had his friend go and get me an iPod char charger. And he was demonstrating all these things that you think about with trust, which is the willingness to be vulnerable to the actions of another. And so as this whole time kind of played out, he kept pushing this idea that I just leave my stuff there and go to the mega pizza and he'd give me a ride. Well, you know, I was bringing my own set of assumptions and bias to the engagement. And so uh, I sat there and the more he pressed it, the more he was showing me that he was trustworthy the more I was struggling with this idea of, so I'm just going to leave my stuff here and go with you to this place that I've never heard of. And uh, as things came about, he said, um, he kind of pushed it a bit further and he said, come on, why don't you go jump in the car with us? We'll drop you off at Mega Pizza. You can come back and get your stuff when you're done. Just give us a call and we'll come pick you up. So here's what I did without saying a word. I, uh, I looked at my backpack um, I looked at the trailhead where I was supposed to be heading to, and then I looked at him, and he said, 
my trail name is Spoon. For, that's a whole other story. And he said, it's okay, Spoon. The dogs Budweiser and Harley Davidson sitting right here on the picnic table will watch your bag for you while you're gone. Well, the dogs were maybe 20 pounds to, you know, added together. They were two little toy dogs. <laughs> and uh, without, without saying a, a, a word, he knew that I didn't trust him. And so it was the, a, a real powerful uh, understanding and recognition that I was the one having the trust problem, not, not anyone else. I love that story. That's fantastic. And I think a lot of people can take um, some good notes from that. Now, before we jump into to Unscripted some more, what was your trail name? Oh, it was Spoon. So, oh, okay. So, oh, you so, spoon. so, oh, you so my, my, my trail name was okay, Spoon okay. because I had been on a, a hiking uh, excursion before that. And I'm a pretty meticulous packer. thought I had everything figured out. And uh, as soon as I got to my camp in the backcountry, I discovered the one uh, thing that I really needed that I didn't bring with me was a spoon. So I went with spoon oh, and awesome. I had to eat with a tent steak that day. It's really interesting when, when you, <laughs> that's, that's even more interesting. It's interesting when you hike the AT and, and a lot of people like, oh, the AT, you have to do the whole thing. You don't have to do the whole thing to, to not only experience it, but meet people that are doing the whole thing. And I think that's been one of the coolest things when I, when I got to, to hike a lot of the AT with my dad and my twin brother going through Boy Scouts was when we went and hiked Mount Katahdin, we had three people that finished the entire AT while we were at the top of Mount Katahdin. Wow. And I can't say that I have any idea what that feels like, right? But I got to experience that with them. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life, being up on a completely bald, just basically rocks everywhere. And this person sees this sign and they just broke down into tears. And it was the the journey, the three and a half month journey that you've been literally ups and downs. And, and it's just amazing. So that's really cool that you experienced that. We got to do that as kids. And I think it's awesome. Um, and so interesting. Let's jump back into into what you're doing. You mentioned a lot of stuff that you are, you, you got your MBA. You're also earning a doctorate in business. You're also teaching. Like, how do you have time to do anything? Number one. Um, and what are, why are you going back to get your doctorate in business? And where do you think that's going to kind of elevate unscripted in, in your future as being a professional? Yeah, thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, I think one of the things that's important is no different than any other endeavor. You really adjust to the environment around you. And so I've gotten used to a pretty quick cadence of getting things done and being efficient and, and managing my time and uh, still making certain that I leave time for family and friends and all that. But I think uh, I've learned over the years that I'm just a really curious person and love the uh, idea of learning as an adult has really served me well and it's been important to me. And so um, as I continued to go back to school, I, I really felt like there was this sense that I didn't finish what I started. And I had a lot of people that almost dared me to go and finish my doctorate. Uh, and the reason I'm doing it is because I think it um, it gives me a lot more confidence to be a really good professor and instructor. Uh, it certainly rounds out my interest in continuing to do research, uh, like the the study that I shared with you earlier on trust. Uh, and I think it'll make me a um, more effective consultant to help people uh, achieve their best outcomes. And so uh, that's that's one of the compelling reasons why I'm I'm doing that. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about kind of your mission um, with Unscripted. And, and what, what are the clients that, that maybe you are working with or maybe the future potential clients that could be out there? And if I was sitting here and I was a professional athlete or I was somebody that was looking for help, um, is it just a simple phone call away and then you can support that? Tell me kind of a little bit about your business plan and then really who's going to be your clientele uh, to support that. Sure. So uh, one, of the, one of the things that I really start with is I help leaders achieve their best outcomes. And I do that uh, in three specific ways through executive coaching. Uh, which is really helping people 
achieve, uh, you know, I take the assumption that they have the answers to their own questions. We're just helping them uncover it, and I'm a guide. Uh, I also do that through leadership programs. So I'll uh, go in and do half-day, full-day sessions or maybe a whole curriculum around leadership development. And it may range from helping people through peer coaching. It may be emotional intelligence. It may just be general uh, leadership skills and how to help people follow you. And then I also have a series of assessments that I do. that are both behavioral and personality assessments. So um, usually assessments is the best way to get people to have a conversation with a team. So I may be working with an individual or I may be working with a group, but doing assessments a great, a great way to bring self-awareness and to bring um, some insight into how we work with one another because I find that oftentimes we take, we, we always move into task inside of our workplace but we often don't take time to step back and really get to know one another before we talk about task. That's very interesting. And you mentioned um, communication. I think that's huge, but really conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Starting that conversation. I think to add another word to that is authentic conversation, mm -hmm. creating um, something that's truly real. I think a lot of leaders this day are now realizing the power of social media, the power of getting your voice out there through platforms like our Brand Builders podcast and letting people realize that, you know, if you are authentic, if you're having that communication and you're being real to who you are, not only will that help you in business, that will help you in your own personal life. So I think that's really fascinating what you're doing. I'm excited to learn about it. Um, do you have any examples of, you know, potential clients or people that you've spoke with in the past where maybe you said they do have the answers. I'm just there to uncover them and maybe give us an example of what that looks like. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Brian. I think one of the, uh, you, you tapped into something really important, which is being authentic. And so it's, it's a term that we use a lot these days, but it's really, uh, I'm reading a, a cool book on Stephen King about how, uh, the, the craft of being a writer, and he talks about being authentic to who you are. And I think that that makes you a much more effective uh, person, no matter if you're consulting or doing anything else. And so um, from my standpoint, one of the best things to do is ask powerful questions. And usually those are ones that are really open-ended. It's really trying to be intellectually curious about what's going on in that person's experience. And that requires to have a lot of empathy, to, be, uh, to take a walk in their shoes a little bit, see things from their view. And that really helps open up this whole idea of trust so that they feel like, oh, okay, so uh, Ben's taking time to really understand who I am as a person before uh, walking right into trying to solve problems. And so, you know, much of my work is really trying to figure out, tell me a little bit about your situation. Talk to me a little bit about where uh, it's creating a, a challenge for you to move forward in your organization and what you do. And oftentimes, uh, just through the, the simple conversation, as you say, uh, you you uncover so much there to help them really get more self-awareness. It's almost like holding up a mirror to that person and saying, this is what I'm seeing. Are you seeing it? And then at that same time, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moments where they go, oh, my goodness, I hadn't really thought about it that way. But you're I, I see what you're saying. You've just helped me find the answer to my own question. With your study, you, you keep mentioning trust and it is so important with your study, uh, walking or hiking the Appalachian Trail. What were your results? What did you find? What, what did you discover about trust and how do you implement that into your daily unscripted task? Yeah, that's a great question, Scott. So what I found is that people are, are very gracious. And one of the cool things about being in, a, in a, the outdoor environment like that is that you don't have the opportunity to wear your title on your sleeve. You don't get to wear, you know, nobody would, if you're wearing a business suit, then everybody's going to be, think you're kind of a weirdo. So for, for you to be in that environment, 
people have to accept you for who you are and where you are. And really all you have is your ability to communicate with one another, the ability to um, share experiences. And so what I found is that people really do, um, they're, they're, they're generous with their insight. Uh, people are learning on the fly. And so, you know, when it starts raining, you may not have had the right gear. And so you have to figure out, I either have to find a way to either be wet, which people that hike the whole trail seem to be comfortable with. But if <laughs> yeah. you're uh, somebody that lives in suburban Charlotte, you don't really uh, take nicely to that. So you have to find shelter or you have to pack a lot of stuff. And so there's a lot of uh, in the moment experiential learning. And so how do you do how do you know what to do when you don't know what to do uh, to find the answer to your question? And I think that that's what what was really powerful for me is that, you know, sometimes you just have to improvise because you don't have, there's not a, an operations manual on how to do some of this stuff. And that's the insights that people shared when I'd ask them questions about, hey, how did you figure out how big your pack ought to be? How did you figure out how you were uh, going to plan your your logistics? What do you do if you get into a situation where you get hurt? Have you thought about how you're going to handle that? And people were just really awesome and sharing their experiences. And we don't really take time to do that when we're all busy all day. Do you find that when working with leaders, they struggle with trust? I do. I find that, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges, it's really the bedrock. And if you can't start with a foundation of trust, then it's really hard for you to to scale your organization because you're always monitoring people. Uh, I always find that uh, sometimes people don't have the whole story because people are afraid to be vulnerable uh, or take a risk and share what's on their mind. And I think that that does, a, that does business a, a disservice in a lot of ways because we don't really take time to be, how do we build a good foundation for us to um, see the same perspective, get clear on the same terms, and be uh, open to differing ideas for us to move forward. But oftentimes we, we struggle with that in our, in our businesses, and you know it it's, keeps people like me busy. And this is interesting. So I, I'm just kind of curious. On the Appalachian Trail – you see a lot of different demographics, a lot of different um, ages. Did you see a lot of millennials, younger people on the AT? And what was your experience in having authentic conversations with them versus maybe someone that's a little bit older? Because there is such a huge gap. Um, yeah. And not only how, and if we want to jump into business, how leaders manage millennials, but really how how is a millennial motivated to support and help that leader. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just curious to see if you had multiple different interactions on the AT with, with different types of people. Yeah, so great question. And I think generational differences are really important inside organizations because everybody struggles with, how do I relate to this person that isn't like me, doesn't have the same values, didn't grow up with the same experiences that I had? No differently on the Appalachian Trail, uh, I ran across uh, a lot of millennials. A lot of them were through hikers that had just these unbe this unbelievable energy and openness and uh, willingness to lean into whatever their experience was. And one of them that I came across, she had been struck by lightning once or her right near her shelter had fried her phone. And when she started on the trail, her pack weighed 52 pounds and she had it down to 16 because she said, you know what? I just don't need this stuff anymore. So I love the idea that there's just so much... Um, openness to experience and the fact that, you know, whatever she brought as a preconceived notion of what she thought she needed, she didn't need. And so there's this uh, almost naivete about going out and doing things and just, you know, soaking it up. Whereas when I met some of the folks that were maybe a little older than me um, that had been hiking for years, you don't have the luxury of being able to just take three and a half months off and go hike. 
And so we were all there for maybe a couple of days. And so um, I may have run across somebody that was maybe in their early 60s. And they were like, you know what? One of the great experiences I had was this guy said, I just love hiking. And I said, I, I share the same passion as you do. And he said, you know, when I'm not here, it haunts me. He goes, because I just know that I appreciate it and, and have so much gratitude for these opportunities to be here that when I'm, when I'm not around it, I miss it. And I thought that was a, such a different perspective on, on their experiences. Wow. You know, um, that's hilarious. You talk about the, the weight of a pack because the last time me, my twin brother, and my dad went uh, backpacking up at an island up in uh, Lake Superior called Isle Royal. Mm -hmm. If you ever get an opportunity to wow. go up there, it's incredible. Um, it's one of the only places in America that does not have any poisonous snakes or poisonous plants. Um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, my father grew up on that island in the summer. But if you get a chance, great wow. place to hike. But we, we weighed our packs and mine was like 65 pounds. My brother's was about 65 pounds. And somehow my dad had like a 24 pound pack. And I'm like, am I, am I carrying all your stuff You're too? You're a mule, buddy. Yeah. So <laughs> that's exactly what I was. So uh, I'm going to be a little bit smart next time. Um, ben, that's really neat to, to understand um, the generational differences and, and, and just understanding what people are, are, are thinking. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, um, you know, right now, I think in kind of getting towards closing, but I want you to give us some advice for the younger generation, somebody that might just coming out of college, you know, how can they be authentic? How can they truly challenge themselves to go find something that they're passionate about, but maybe how can they use someone like you to maybe uncover some of those answers? And really what would be your advice for, for people that are getting into the workforce so they can be successful in a very, very competitive market? Uh, that's a great question. So it is a competitive market and we're in a great market, but it'll change. And a lot of those folks that are coming out of school will be uh, tasked to try to figure out what to do because some of the jobs that are available now won't be. And I think one of the things that I find is that when, when we're in older generations, we, tr we tend to paint um, uh, Gen Y and millennials with the same broad brush. And there's nothing that is more like a third rail for somebody that's 23 years old to be told they're just like everybody else in that generation. It really strikes a chord with them in a way that doesn't build trust and it doesn't help move the conversation forward. So... First off is don't make assumptions uh, when you're when you're working with any any person. You you really try to uncover who they are and try not to explain who they are based on uh, one particular data point. Is and age seems to be one that we pigeonhole people in. Uh, the other thing that I would say is that one of the things that is so important and and I don't think millennials have any any reservations about being connected. It's the way that you connect and just you know understanding the elements of making personal contact, using your uh, social capital to help get introductions to the right people that can help you, uh, who needs to know what you know so that they can help you find a path to, to employment or if you're trying to accelerate your career and get into a new position, really don't take it for granted that, you know, we, we have people often don't think they have as much potential and, and influence as they do. And sometimes when I'm in class, I hear, I hear students talk a lot about they, they don't always have the greatest self-concept about who they are and what kind of influence they have. But as an individual, we have an enormous amount of influence. And we can really, we have the, the power in a lot of ways to make or, make or take away from somebody's day. And so I really try to encourage everybody to not, not underestimate uh, what kind of uh, impact they can make on people. And I was recently at an event called Next Gen CLT, uh, and it was actually a panel discussion on community engagement. And mm -hmm. that conversation came up and it talked about how millennials these days, when they're coming out into the workforce, they're not waiting 
to get involved in a nonprofit. They're not waiting to try to figure out, well, maybe someday I'll get involved. The reality is, is I think social media has opened up the idea that you can make an impact, whether it's small or large, very quickly just by who you know. And so it's interesting to see younger generations where maybe you know, you have a 25 year old that's sitting on a board of the Cystic yeah. Fibrosis Foundation, right? Like, how did that happen? Because she wanted it to happen, right? right? And then now that board has opened up the opportunity to meet multiple different people, have conversations with C-level executives, be at a table that you never would get an opportunity to sit at just because she had a passion for an organization. So in hearing that at Next Gen CLT, it's very interesting that, that you're challenging those college students to do that. And I think the ones that go out there and get involved in the community and do something more than just the transaction or just their day-to-day job are going to be the ones that are going to do things in life. Um, so that's to me, that's powerful. And I mm-hmm. think that's really neat. Um, so Ben, before we, we kind of wrap up here, you know, tell us with Unscripted, um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? And if somebody's listening to this right now and, and they've heard from you and like, man, this would be a really cool person to have a conversation with somebody that could really help me. Um, a, what do, what do those people look like? And then also, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, great question. So uh, you can certainly tune in to our website at uh, unscriptedoutcomes.com. Uh, is a great way for us to have a, a, an entry conversation. Uh, you can also send me an email to ben at unscriptedoutcomes.com. Uh, the, you know, f- for the most part, I, I work with businesses, so I, I really, um, you know, it scales the gamut, but uh, I'm really excited about working with uh, companies that want to sponsor leadership development and sponsor helping their, their teams and their individuals who maybe have great opportunities but need some, some more support. I'm here for them, and I'm excited to work with those types of groups that have this optimistic, forward-thinking approach to uh, working with with their individuals because oftentimes now people just don't have the luxury of spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on somebody to go back and get a master's degree. But doing something targeted with unscripted, we're able to go in and make some, a pretty big in, impact in a short amount of time. And I really want to do that within 90 days or 180 days to make to make a pretty big uh, shift in somebody's opportunities within their company. That is awesome. So you 90 days. Fix your company right here. That's awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. I've learned a lot. I love the the passion behind what you're doing. I love that you are continuing to learn as you get older. Um, That's something that Scott has challenged us as a company to do. And I feel like in the last three years, I've really been able to kind of find my purpose um, and then really push myself and challenge myself to be better, whether that's through reading, whether that's through just listening to other professionals or being involved in different groups. So I think that's really the future, being authentic, being involved, um, taking a challenge, taking a risk and, and and not really taking no for an answer. So I love what you're doing. I cannot wait to follow Unscripted um, and see just kind of the cool stories that come from this. And uh, we'll have to bring you back on here as a recap and tell us some of the cool stories and what you've been able to do in the Charlotte community and and elsewhere. Um, So in wrapping up, if you guys are interested, definitely check them out. Uh, Unscripted. Thank you, Ben, for joining us on the Brand Butters podcast. This was a blast. And uh, I look forward to uh, to following the journey. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.